like most young drivers, I started in karting. Believe it or not, um, you know, professional, high-level karting is a big thing. So you kind of started at the club level, and over the course of three or four years, I worked my way up to eventually driving, you know, in places like Europe, representing Team Canada. Uh, and that was about 2019, and then I transitioned into Formula Car. Uh, and since then, I won that Formula Ford F1600 championship, and now I'm in the road to Indy, hopefully on my way to being in the NTT IndyCar Series. Hey everyone, we're here at Hip Motorsports and you are watching the Track Limits podcast. Hip Motorsports is an incredible location in Toronto, the best place in my opinion to sim race. Jim and John here have been so great at taking care of us, not only us, taking care of corporations, private events, professional drivers that are coming to this facility to train and including this person whoop, whoop. on my left. Now, let me give the intro here because there's a lot to go through. One of the rising stars in the indie circuit, the 2019 F1600 youngest champion ever. Damn. The 2022 USF junior champion, and now currently driving in the USF 2000 championship. Welcome, Matt Clark. Thank you for having me. I'm pumped. Oh, yeah. Well, Mac, we just went through an hour and a half of sim racing <laughs> against you. Are you sweaty? <laughs> it was intense. It was intense. It was. like I, we, we talked about it. Like, my heart was beating. I'm, I'm a, little, oh, yeah. a little sweaty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Any any feelings? Would you like to tell the Track Limits community and how the Track Limits team did? Surprisingly well. <laughs> like, okay. I was, like, like pleasantly surprised. You guys did awesome. Thank you. Okay. Except into GT cars. Yeah. We don't <laughs> yeah. like those. Abysmal. We don't like those. <laughs> Anyways, difficult. Mac, walk us through your career. Because, like, again, these are just high-level superlatives. I want to know from you, even in one minute, what are some of the defining moments in your career thus far? Okay, great. So, like most young drivers, I started in karting. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, um, you know, professional, high-level karting is a big thing. So, you kind of started at the club level, and over the course of three or four years, I worked my way up to eventually driving, you know, in places like Europe, representing Team Canada. Uh, and that was about 2019, and then I transitioned into Formula Car. Uh, and since then, I won that Formula Ford F1600 championship, and now I'm in the road to Indy, hopefully on my way to being in the NTT IndyCar Series. Incredible. That's amazing. And what got you into motorsport? Like, you could have been anything. Yeah. You seem like a very driven person as it is. Thank you. What got you into motorsport? It was my dad. Like, I got to give full credit to him um, growing up at the go-kart track. So he was, you know, high-level racing on a national stage, won a few national championships. Um, I don't like to toot his horn too often because it'll go to his head, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's really who got me into it. That's amazing. And for people who don't understand like a race weekend, how do you work with the team, set up the care and even your race preparation before each race? Talk us through that. It is a lot of prep before the race, which I think a lot of people don't realize. Um, so you do go through a lot of motions where it's like watching film, like a football player, right? So I'll get sent on board of the previous year for my team and I'll be studying that and going through, you know, data analysis as well as just like general notes that my driver coach will send me. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of like, you know, the Tuesday, Wednesday leading up to the weekend because then you usually have like Thursday, Friday free practice and then Saturday, Sunday, you actually get into the racing. Um, and on the IndyCar weekends, you don't get a lot of laps either. So mm -hmm. it is uh, quite sparse in between and, and it's a lot of fun and I'm lucky to do what I do. And the F1600 championship you won, I mentioned you were the youngest ever. To put context, you were 16 <laughs> years old. Yeah. I don't. What were you doing at 16? Oh, man, I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't want to remember. Probably, probably still Velcro yeah. shoelaces. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. But walk us through your feeling. Like, how does that feel to win a championship like that at the age of 16? 
I think winning championships is something that defines you as a driver. Uh, it was my second championship that I'd ever won, and it was special because it was, you know, in a race car. It wasn't in a go-kart. I felt like I had accomplished something a little bit more, and I think that gave me a lot of confidence going into my kind of United States racing career. Because mm -hmm. once, you know, you're done from a 1600 in Canada, there's nowhere else to really go in terms of open wheel except down south of the border. Right. So that's when I started in the USF four championship, eventually into USF juniors. I think that championship really set uh, a great base for me to kind of move into the next level of competition. What's the next uh, goal for you now in racing for your future? So this year was USF 2000. The, mm -hmm. the ladder system's a little bit complicated because it's all named USF. So <laughs> USF juniors is the bottom kind of rung in the mm -hmm. road to Indy ladder. We won that in 2022. That gave me a scholarship to move up to USF 2000 for 2023. Mm. Uh, we ran that this year. We had three wins, six or seven podiums. It was it was an okay year. Mm. It was a lot of learning as a three rookie campaign. Three wins an okay year. Oh my that's god, that's good going. <laughs> that's great, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> congrats, like. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, our goal was the championship, but that didn't end up happening. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have our sights set on the next level up, which is called USF Pro 2000 yeah. for 2023. Exciting. That's very exciting. Do you, do you struggle now like with balancing like your racing and then your, your own personal life? Like, cause you're in school. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like you're, you're not studying to be here with us today. Which is <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I'm a midterm yeah. on Monday, but, uh, it is a bit of a tough balance. Like a lot of the drivers aren't in school. And when I say school, like we're talking like post-secondary education, uh, I'm going for an engineering degree. So it is tough, you know, you gotta separate the personal life, the school life, and the racing. So time management is key. Um, my dad's always been, you know, on me about that since since a young age, even since I was in high school, you know, you're traveling for two or three weeks at a time mm. and you come back and you're like, oh my goodness, I have no idea where yeah. we are. But <laughs> uh, it is a tough balance, but I'm, I'm managing right now and, and I do enjoy it. I think it's important to enjoy it and, and give yourself breaks along the way. And it must be great to also feel like a kid, you know, because yeah. mm. you see people your age in school, I bet, then you go to the racetrack. You might see some people like you, but you probably also see a bunch of older people. Are there a lot of role models that you look up to in the driving world? Are there any that you can name for us? A hundred percent. I think the racetrack kind of forces you to mature a little bit faster than you might regularly, you know, just being a kid going to school. In terms of role models in the paddock, uh, I'm very lucky to have a great team around me. So I'm currently working with uh, D-Force Racing and they have, you know, a roster of really veteran guys there to help us. Uh, Mateus Leist, he was my driver coach this past year, former IndyCar driver, uh, very much a big help for me as someone who I know has done it before, right? As well as David Martinez, he's the guy who owns our team. Yep. Uh, and then the big one will be James Hinchcliffe, who I know you guys had, we had right? Yeah. Yep. That episode's yeah. already out, by the yeah. way, plug. But <laughs> plug. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. Uh, James is like a super big help, you know, Canadian kid, mm. born in the same area, and just a lot of advice on and off the track for me. And in your career now, have you had many challenges like in struggles? And then how do you even overcome them? I think this year, honestly, was the most challenging for me. Uh, it was kind of a down year compared to like my last three seasons. And it is tough because sometimes you get in like what athletes would call a rut, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're struggling. Uh, I think it's important to keep perspective on it. You know, at the end of the day, I, I walk away from the racetrack and it's like, man, I'm so lucky to be doing this every day. And what can I do to, to make this even better? So whether it's putting in work, you know, off the track, uh, or making sure you're hyper-focused on the race weekend, you got to overcome those small challenges. We were incredibly blessed to see you at Honda Indy Toronto this that year. That was great. You yeah. were blistering, <laughs> blistering. You were yeah. so quick oh, and yeah. got unlucky in a few moments. There's an incredible photo taken by Niru, um, one of our incredible companions, and uh, James Hinchcliffe and Matt Clark. Tell us oh. in this moment, 
like what was happening you know what does it mean again to have someone like hinch's support behind you i love that photo like that is one of my favorite photos ever shout out to nero mm -hmm. um there was so much emotion in that picture and to be honest it was kind of a, a feeling of defeat of disappointment it was a rough weekend uh, both times on the last lap, you know, we put ourselves in a situation where we were, you know, going to win or be on the podium. And, um, you know, through no fault of our own, the race ended a different way. And so as a driver, that can be really frustrating, especially when you're racing in front of your home crowd. I hadn't raced at home in like three years. Uh, and so to have everyone there that weekend, I think made it a little bit more bitter, bittersweet, mm. um, but more bitter in that moment. But, but having Hinch there to kind of um, not even console me, but just to be there and to know that he's been through motions very similar to you know what i was um at that time is is very comforting no that's cool um we were curious earlier we were chatting you have the name jimmy in the back of your helmet <laughs> <laughs> what's what's uh, who's jimmy jimmy is me okay you are yeah jimmy. i'm i'm jimmy i'm i'm the jimmy like on the helmet oh we're renaming this whole episode now yeah, yeah. jimmy jimmy clark <laughs> so like actually a lot of my close like racing friends just call me jim or jimmy like if someone were to yell jimmy from across the room i'd be like <laughs> oh damn yeah, okay. yeah yeah no it's That's a nickname awesome. that my dad gave me when i was like little um he was born in in the uk so it comes from like you know northern england where instead of like buddy everyone's just jimmy jimmy right we back right. home we say yeah. lad like lad, lad? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay no but it's, it's jimmy so i've just I like always that. been jimmy yeah. yeah i love it i mean mikey if you were racing the back of your helmet would say lad 100 percent lad <laughs> lad yeah 100 yeah. i love that oh yeah final question here in the segment i mean competition clearly is ingrained in your family <laughs> you have a, a dad that's a national champion you have a brother as well you were talking to us before that yeah. is incredible at mm. long distance running how is it growing up in such a competitive family <laughs> <laughs> I don't want people to think it's like one of those things where, you know, sometimes you see like those parent child dynamics where it's like, oh no, like the parent is definitely driving that. Mm. It was never that way for us, like in the Clark household. My dad was always the one to be like, are you, are you sure you want to keep racing? Like you don't have to, don't feel pressured. And I was always like, I always like punch him. I'm like, no dad, like I want to, want to keep racing. Mm. Um, so, you know, he's been a great help to me and he has that kind of competitive fire, yep. which, which helped me kind of grow into that. Because, uh, you know, when you're young, you're like nine, ten years old, maybe you don't have that as much. But but now it's it's definitely I hate losing more than I like winning kind of thing. Right? <laughs> well, we saw that today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he whooped us. Whooped us. Whooped us. Um, all right. Well, that's the first segment. Stay tuned, guys. We're going to get right into the rapid fire round. We're here with Mac. Actually, no, we're here with Jimmy Clark. Hey. <laughs> Jimmy. And we're getting into the rapid fire round. Nervous? No. Okay. All right. Well, you probably should be. Uh, first question. If you could choose any driver, living or dead, to race with, who would be and why? Greg Moore, Canadian hero. Perfect. Okay. And why? I mean, he just set the bar for Canadians. You know, one of those guys growing up, gone too soon. And I mean, I always wear red gloves because of, uh, of that reason. So, I mean, I think to share the track with him would be really special. Right. Um, what is the funniest thing that's ever happened to you on a race weekend? On a race weekend? Mm. Oh, at Lucas Oil, after I won, I was spraying the champagne, and my engineer had never won the oval, and it was like all he wanted to do all year. So I jumped off to chase him, and like <laughs> it was a painted surface, and there'd been like you know champagne on it, yeah. and I slipped and fell in front of the entire crowd. So it was Man. embarrassing in the moment, but funny afterwards. Is there video oh, yeah. footage of this? Oh, there is video oh, footage. Oh, we will find it. Okay, we'll find it. We'll find it. We'll find it. Yeah. I think Nero has the video. Yeah? There was like a hole in my fire suit and everything. Okay, like it was like a, a big right tumble. Here. <laughs> oh. uh, greatest driver, F1 driver of all time in your opinion? Oh, I think still Schumacher. Okay. Yeah. If you had only one food for the rest of your life, 
What would it be? Does ice cream count as a food? <laughs> I, don't, I think yes. Outside of ice cream. Because your teeth are going to be gone in like six months. <laughs> mm, pizza. Classic, yeah. boring answer, but like you can't go wrong. You know what I mean? What's your favorite guilty pleasure TV show? Something you love watching, Ooh. binging? Uh, I'm watching Last Chance You right now. And it's like a, yeah. it's a four season series on Netflix. Okay. Um, I started a few months ago and it's all about like high school football and basketball, like D2, D3, kind of like the, cool. the trenches of like youth sports. Uh, if you had to have a superpower, what would it be and why? I want to fly. I want to fly so fly. bad. Yeah, man. I think anyone who says anything other than like flying or teleportation, like, what are you doing? No, you do that on the track enough. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to choose another sport to do competitively, what mm-hmm. sport would you do? Football, like NFL, hands down. NFL, yeah. okay. Um, this is like what piece of F1 memorabilia would you like to own? But even for like in your career, what piece of racing memorabilia would you love to own at the end of the day? I think helmets are really special because helmets are kind of like driver identity type thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I'd like to have a collection of helmets. Cool. Do you swap helmets at the end of like a season with a fellow competitor that's like been... I'm not to the point yet, only because okay. helmets are still really expensive. <laughs> yeah, no, that's understandable. <laughs> so like give me like, you know, a few years in, in the NTT IndyCar series and, and maybe that'll start happening. I want to do that really bad. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be sick. Cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be sick. Imagine if you did it with Hinch too. That'd be like an old helmet from Full him. Full circle moment, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be, incredible. that'd be cool. Final question, rapid fire. We're going to give you the choices of all the F1 and IndyCar drivers on the grid right now. Yeah. You got to go into an island. You're stranded. You got to bring three of them. Who are you going to bring? <laughs> this is like a survival situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Tell us why, actually, okay. too. I'm going first, first, first round pick uh, from the IndyCar series. I'm going Scott Dixon. Okay. Guy's an animal. Yeah. Like okay. still like 42 years old. The Iceman, right? The Iceman. So he's like very, yeah. very good in a survival situation. Okay. Taking Dixon. Um, definitely gonna have some comedic relief. So I'm saying like Danny Rick. <laughs> oh oh um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Big guy. You know, tall can probably like reach for things like coconuts on trees. Yeah. Stuff like that, right? <laughs> I love how you're analyzing this. Yeah. Topic. No. no. It's, it's full, full analysis. <laughs> And then my third round pick, I don't know, man. Um, I think I got to go. Like, I got the, the comedic relief. I got, like, the Scott Dixon Iceman, maybe somewhere in the middle. Um, someone that I don't know because I feel like meeting a new, a new driver would be good. I'd go, like, like Hamilton. I feel like, you know, cool. pretty, pretty serious yeah. guy. You know, good for a survival situation as well. Yeah. If yeah. Hamilton was on that island, you would be saved, like, right away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, no bro. you would let him strand it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Mac. Final thing, really quickly, in 30 seconds, your legacy. I know you're super young, <laughs> but let's just even talk about your racing career. What do you hope to achieve? NTT IndyCar Series, man, the Indy, the Indy 500, that's the goal. I mean, that's, uh, that's what I've kind of grown, grown up dreaming of. Uh, and the last, the last few years, I think it's starting to become a little bit more of a reality. So yep. it's, it's getting real, man. That's so, exciting. Matt Clark, you've heard it here first. Remember the name. This is someone definitely to watch. Thank you for watching this episode. Give it a like, share it. Make sure to follow Mac on his socials. They'll be right over here. Follow us on socials, and we'll see you guys in the next episode.